What up, folks? What it do? Welcome to another episode of the Best Advice Ever podcast with your boy, yeah, Mike Goodwin, the bowtie comedian. And as I begin each and every podcast, I begin with the On the Road Again segment. And that's how I'll start today, On the Road. I just, I just got back from being on the road. I was in Fruta, Colorado. Now, there's a few things that we need to discuss, or I need to discuss as it relates to this past trip being on the road. I typically enjoy being on the road. One reason is the travel that I can control. Meaning, I when I when I fly, I fly Delta, and I've amassed what is known as status. So when I when I leave my home for an event in the wee hours of the morning to head to the airport, I'm delighted because I'm going to do the thing that I was created to do, bring joy and laughter to an audience of folks. But I also enjoy the travel experience for the most part, for the most part, barring delays, medical, uh, mechanical issues, medical issues, medical issues. I've, I've seen medical issues happen on flights also, but barring crying babies extreme turbulence and rental cars. I'm not a big fan of that. But the flight experience, the airport, especially flying Delta, because I get to Columbia Airport, CAE, flying with ease. So it's typically not a line or a lot of activity because I just scoot right through the TSA. This is not the best advice ever segment, but if you fly regularly and you have not gotten yourself pre-checked, I don't know what you're doing out here. Pay the little $80 and it lasts for five years. Get pre-checked and global entry if you're flying outside of the country. And that's not even the best advice ever. This is just some gems. Cause I feel generous, but I, I I I fly by the folks that have not got the TSA, and sometimes the pre-check line it has about ten people in it, but it goes, baby. So I get in there, and in most cases, if I don't have a, def- a direct flight, which is very rare that I do, flying to Atlanta, flying to Atlanta, and I on on average may have at least an hour and a half before my connection. And I got the Delta Sky Club. So, man, I bebop right into a Sky Club, get some breakfast, set my Wi-Fi situation up, maybe download an episode or two. But I just relax. I'm not in the hustle, in the bustle 
of the of general population. I'm not out there. I'm not out in the I'm not at Dan Gen Pop. I'm not doing it, man. I, I am sequestered in the Delta Sky Club. So we, we do the Sky Club situation. And I and, and the thing, I, I don't like sitting around waiting what we call it in the military, hurrying up to wait. That's the that's the boarding process. You hurry up to wait. They gotta they gotta board. The, the folks that need some assistance, the pre-boards, then you board the first class and the active duty folks. Then you do the comfort plus or, or, or zone, zone two, three, four, on and on and on. Man, I won't get on that plane and get my seatbelt on and just watch the people go by. And if, even though I watch the people go by, I can go ahead and start an episode. I can look at a little sports center. I don't want to be sitting out. I want to get in my seat. I want to get in my seat the quicker and the closer to the front as possible. It's, it's a little game, a little game I like to play called early boarding. I enjoy some early boarding, right? Then I will make it to my destination and do we go and get back into the real world. We kill down and we try to rent a car and we try to find out where the hotel is and all those things. But that little space of time from when I park my car at CAE and when I pick up my rental car, oftentimes that's a very enjoyable experience for me. And it's even more so enjoyable when my wife is able to travel with me or if I'm traveling with some people, another comedian things of that nature, right? That's if I'm flying Delta. Well, I wasn't flying Delta this week, this weekend. I was flying American. And let me say this. I'm proud to be an American where at least I know I'm free. I'm proud to, <laughs> I'm proud to be an American, but I do not like flying American. I tell you that much. I would like to fly Paris Air. Give me anything. Well, not anything, because I definitely want to fly Spirit or Frontier. We'll, we'll do our best to stay off those airlines. However, I had to fly American, which I do not have any status. I'm slumming it in American. They don't care about me. I'm back there in Group 5. Yeah, I'm just, I'm right in the general population. I'm just at the cusp of priority. Priority in American is one through four. They got a little lane exclusive for them. And I do feel a way when I have to purchase an American flight. It's just, it, it, it just feels like a lot of nickel and dime. And I, I, think, that, I think the Delta experience is a little more stream. Uh, what's the word stream uh, streamlined it's a little more streamlined I, I just feel like i'm getting nickel and dime in america and i'm not the nickel and dime kind of guy I, that's why cruises aggravate me a little bit i enjoy cruise but i don't want to all the hey you get your a internet package and a drink package and a food package hey Charge me one price and let me have at it. Or at least give me a couple of options. Give me the, the bronze, the silver, and the gold. 
But don't tell me, oh man, this this cruise is at the low, low price of $9.99. But internet is $15,000. <laughs> I got a joke when I was selling merch. I say, hey man, I would love for y'all to stop by the table, get some merch. T-shirts are free. The writing's $25. <laughs> so I'm like American with my merch table. I, I'm out here nickel and diamond people. I can't. I don't like it. So I'm back here slumming it. I'm slumming it in group five for American. And I don't like it. I don't like it a bit. And I do have like some PTSD from American. Because they have the the um, the measurement for your suitcase. There's a little illustration or a diagram that you're supposed to put your your bag in, and if your bag doesn't meet the the specifications of the diagram, they they check your bag, and I I don't like that because I can if there's if there's an overhead baggage component that that is reasonable i can get my bag in there don't worry about me now if it's the little the little puddle plane i'll I'll check my bag but if it's a reasonable size oh this bag will get in there and i I had an experience with america where they put my bag in a little thing and it was like nah it's not gonna fit and i'm like hey i i just got off a flight and I just got my bag out of the overhead compartment. It fl- it just fit. And this plane is bigger than that plane. And they all the diagrams. So I, I got a little PS, PST, PTSD as it relates to that. And American Man, again, it just, ah, no TVs. On the on the back chair, it's a lot of connections for me. So I flew into Grand Junction, Colorado, which we'll talk about in a second. So flying out, I flew from Columbia, South Carolina to Charlotte, North Carolina, from Charlotte to Dallas, Texas, from Dallas, Texas to um, Colorado. Nope, I take that back. I made I did not I made that up. When I flew out, I flew from Columbia to Dallas. Then I flew from Dallas to Colorado. Coming back, I flew from Colorado, Colorado to Dallas, from Dallas to Charlotte, from Charlotte to Columbia. One of those is unnecessary. Why can't we go from Dallas to Columbia? That's just too much going on. That's that's American. And the other thing, and then I'll move on. I do enjoy, I like about American. American has brands that I enjoy. They have those brands of cooking. Now, they do have their own special American pretzels. I, I guess they shipped that out. But I did a, I did a men's conference at Victory Life Church in Colorado and it was Fruta, Fruta, Colorado. So it's fruit with an A at the end, <laughs> but I did the carnal sin when I got on stage. Cause the, 
because I flew into Grand Junction. And it's one of those things where Grand Junction and Fruta, they're pretty, like, if I was to say I'm in Columbia, Irmo, Lexington, it's all kind of meshed together, right? And I got on stage and did the Cardinal Sin. I said, Grand, now my brain will go and get the most recognizable Grand. And it's not Junction. It's Grand Rapids. So if if my mind, without being super deliberate, my mind's going to automatically say, man, I'm so glad to be here in Grand Rapids. And I was like, oh, no. I messed that one up. It's like that Snickers commercial. (laughs) We love you, Milwaukee. Like, man, we was in Milwaukee last night. This is Detroit. I did it. I did it. But I acknowledged it. We moved on. But I say, hey, guys, come on, man. Grand Junction is not the first grand. That comes to mind. It's it's clearly at least the second. I can't think of too many other grands. But Grand Rapids is, is immediately the first grand that I think about. Was that a men's conference? Men's conferences can be kind of tricky. It's what they call in college football trap games. It's the game you're supposed to win. You're supposed to thrive. It's a, it's a room full of Christian men. I'm a Christian man. I'm doing comedy for y'all. It's a trap game. It's Appalachian State. Yeah. It's Old Dominion. Yeah, this is the game that will trip you up if you don't have your game plan aligned. If you don't have your ducks in a row, I should talk about that in the most interesting phrase segment. I had a, somebody recommended that name, the most interesting phrase segment. I think I said that right. So it's a trap game. Men's conferences, you go bebopping in there. Boop, bop, boop, 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 beep, bop, bop. Thinking you just going to knock it out the park and you get a a strikeout in the first up the bat. <laughs> and then you, you say, oh, okay, I see what I'm working with. Then you get a uh, a single. Then you get a pop fly. <laughs> then you get another strikeout. You're not your batting average is not looking good because you thought you was gonna hit all all home runs. And, and so, but this one was a home run. It was a home run. I knocked it out of the park. But again, I, I do not tread lightly upon men conferences. Now, one thing I do know about men's conferences, especially men's conferences that are not primarily of men of color. <laughs> and this may be true. No, no, I, I, I think this is primarily for my Caucasian brothers, for the men's conferences that I attend. You can, you can guarantee three things are going to happen. You're going to eat a lot of meat. Barbecue and such. <laughs> we have some meat. There's going to be some guns rifled off. They're going to rifle off some guns. That's what not, that's not that knocks the black uh, conferences. The black men conference get knocked out by the guns. We get we we not raffling off an AR-15. That's not that's not happening. That glorious word tabernacle. That's not going down. Uh, you, you, so so again, you're gonna have a lot of meat. To eat, have we're gonna have venison and and barbecue and ribs. You have all the meats. There's gonna be some gun talk. It's gonna talk about guns. They're gonna raffle off guns. 
This is going to be gun illustrations. And last but not least, going to be a lot of hugs. Oh, my goodness. There are going to be some man hugging going on at a men's conference. You're going to smell all kind of brute and old spice axe body wash amongst about your, about your neck at a men's conference. <laughs> but I had a good time. Shout out. Shout out to Pastor Josh. We had an outstanding time this past Friday night at the men's conference. I spoke, there was a pastor out of Dallas, spoke Jack Kemp, former NFL quarterback. He did a session the next day. He actually gave me a book, so I'm going to read his book and shout out. But he we had a great, his con. So I, I need to find, I need to go to actually go to his website and I'll probably talk about this on the podcast. But we were talking in the green room about Christian men in our relationships. And I, and one of the things I've said, and I've been a Christian for a while, a good long time. One of the things I often talk about as it relates to my experience with Christianity and men is that our relationships are superficial they're superficial. They, they really don't cut to the meat. They don't really get any blood flowing. Right. And he lined, he lined out like a five, a five step or the five types of relationships with men. So I'm, 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 I'm gonna print that up and we'll have a conversation about that. But my, my long established philosophy is that when I was in the world or when I was, not in church or a man of God, a, a believer that was actively living a life of faith that I felt like my relationships with men were more substantive than they were once I became a believer. I don't, I don't know if that still holds true because I've developed some really strong relationships over the years, but initially it was night and day. And and one of the one of the examples I always use is when I was in college or when I was in the military, I would just be sitting in my room, I'd get a knock on the door and somebody that lived across the hall, or even a a guy, a roommate would say, Hey man, I'm gonna run over to Walmart. You wanna ride? So there's that opportunity, like when you're a Christian man, unless you're single, you know, you're married. So now you got a wife, you, you, you have a home, you're not in an apartment living with another guy. So like just the access to your friends minimum is minimal the, the older you get as opposed to the dude just across the hall or the, the guy that is your roommate. So we'll go to, to Walmart and we'll get some stuff. When we're talking, we're talking the whole time. We had, we're talking about sports. We're talking about whatever songs on the radio. Like we're having real conversations, real discussions. That's not an agenda. That's not, oh, I need to talk to my boy about this. Like we just vibing. Then from there, we'll get something to eat. Say, hey man, man, I hadn't had anything. Yeah, let's go grab something to eat. So then you, you may go to a little spot where you sit down and then you get in, you get in the, in the, in the, in the restaurant and my boy will say, hey, man, I think my I think my girlfriend cheating on me. 
Hey, man, I think my parents are getting a divorce. Hey, man, I'm about to flunk out of college. Like, now we having some real deal, holy field conversations, and we probably are an hour and 20 minutes in this time. So I get in the church. There's no quick access to God. Hey, man, I'm going to run over to the grocery store. Hey, man, I need to run down here to pick up some shoes from. I need to get my clothes out to clean this. There's none of that. That that becomes very minimal. Then from there, when you see a brother that's in the church or you know, you're like, hey, what's up, man? I'm blessed. I'm winning. What up, millionaire? What up, king? So now you feel like everything in your life must look like millionaire status. Like, I can't tell this dude that my cell phone's cut off because I'm not looking like a millionaire. I'm not looking like a king. That me and my wife just got in an argument and she's left and is staying with her parents this weekend. That's not kingly behavior. But he he had this diagram and it was it was pretty dope, the levels of friendships. I, again, I, I would a future episode. I will do that. Now, for the moment we've all been waiting for us, the, the segment that the podcast is named after of the best advice ever. So today's best advice ever is do it right. The first time, that's something I learned from my grandmother. She said often, don't halfway do something. And that's what I would do as a young boy. I spent an inordinate amount of time with my grandmother. Maybe that was the times we grew up in. And I recently asked my mother about this. Like, why was I? I mean, I was over there for at least like three years on the weekends living with my grandmother. And I guess basically they needed someone over there with her to kind of keep an eye on. But I'm I'm like 10. Yeah, I'm like in the fourth, fifth, sixth grade. I'm 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 basically living with my grandmother. But she would have me do chores. She told me the <coughs> man. She tell me to, to sweep the kitchen floor. She would she would tell me to sweep the kitchen floor, right? And I would go in there and do a half-hearted job. So she would tell me, you know, do it right the first time or you're going to waste time because you're going to have to go and do it again. In the military, they called it being half donkey. <laughs> you're doing a half donkey job. And like Nike says, swoosh. It must be the shoes. <laughs> I I knew when I was writing that up, I was like, I'm not going to say like Nike says, just do it. Everybody says that. I was like, nope. Swoosh, swoosh, swoosh. That's what Nike says. Swoosh. <laughs> Nike, that's, and that's an interesting con conversation too. How do you keep branding phrases when your phrase is already amazing? Just do it. Why we, why we got to keep making new phrases? But Mike, Nike does say, just do it. So if you're going to do something, do it right the first time. Knock it out. Do Put your best foot forward. 
there's always corrections. There's always ways to go back and augment and make an adjustment. But give your best effort in the initial, in the initial approach. And you'll save yourself time having to come back around and do it all again. All right. I'm also thinking about, well, not thinking about it, I'm going to do it. Rebranding, rephrasing the uh, what you're not going to do segment to the mind of Mike. Because I think about some stuff that I don't know, it doesn't really fit in the segments. <laughs> but I think about some stuff. So you know, in the what you're not gonna do, I would I would find, I would find a story, and I I found some story. There's being that I was just in Colorado. Here's a story from Denver: an 82 year old man is accused of selling and trading fake Michael Jordan basketball cards in a scheme that prosecutors say resulted him in making more than eight hundred thousand dollars over four years. Let that man live. Don't prosecute that man. That man's 82. Let that man live. You can't put no 82-year-old man in jail selling fight, fake Michael Jordan cards. $800,000. Jeez Louise. So what you're not going to do is put that man in jail. He's 82 years old. Leave that man alone. But here's another thing I was thinking about. From the mind of Mike. Hey, I am vehemently no new apps. If you tell me I need to download an app, I'm not going to cuss you out, but that's the way I feel. My son's playing AAU basketball, and they're telling me about this app. And I'm like, bro, just send me the schedule. Just send me a PDF. I'm not downloading no more apps. My gym. My gym. For me to go to my gym, I got I could download this app and scan, or I tell him my name. Every time I go in and I do that, I say, uh, Mike Goodwin. And then he, somebody got to go in the computer. Because no new apps, man. And I don't know why. I love technology. I love innovation. I don't want any new apps. And part of it is my storage. I got a lot of pictures, videos. Get new apps. Stuff start moving slow. And I get messages that I need to. Increased my iCloud. No, I'm not doing this. I want it to function. I bought it. I want it to function the way in which I bought it. So I'm often offloading apps because I don't need no new apps. And the apps that's on here, if you're not working, you're not employed. I'm getting you out of here. All these little weird little apps, I get get rid of them. I don't need the stock exchange app on my phone. You're gone. You're out of here. Shortcuts. Gone. Translation, nope. Get out of here. I uh, Apple Music, nope. Get out of here. I got Spotify. No new apps. Team, no new apps. Now I know what that sounds like to get off the yard, lawn guy. I know. No new apps. <laughs> I was having a conversation with, with with someone that I knew at the AAU games. AAU, this is gonna be a whole nother. This is gonna be a whole episode in and of itself. But we was at the game, and I was talking to this this uh, woman, and she was telling me, you know, she was asking me, was I traveling and, and doing those things as much? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I am. She's like, I haven't been on social media. I had to get off social media, and I understand that. That I would love to get off social media. I would love to like, you know, I see my, I got a buddy, uh, Anton Gun. He does like a thirty day 
social media fast and maybe, maybe twice a year. I know he does at least once a year. Shout out to Anton. I'm actually going to lunch with Anton today. Uh. But this woman was telling me that she had been on social media, you, you know, people posting things. And I, I immediately, when it, what do you think when someone says they had to get off social media? I immediately think people being very political, folks are being very adversarial, they're argumentative. <laughs> she said, so she was going, she was talking about, you know, my some friends that love to post pictures of their food. <laughs> she said that bothers her. It just aggravates her. Their husbands cooked them some salmon croquettes. And they want to post it. I don't want to see that. And she was she was serious. She wasn't joking. She wasn't like teasing. She was serious. Like she had to get off off the internet, off social media, because these folks was putting pictures of their food. And she, I don't. It bothers her. It upsets her. And what you're not gonna do is post these pictures. And like I, I had to unfollow you because you kept putting your brunch and dinner pictures and people be like, Oh, let me plate it. Let me get it. And she was really, I mean, truly upset about this truly to the degree to say, I can't, I had to, I had to get off. I can't enjoy Mike Goodwin's clips. Cause my friend keeps posting Fredicini Alfredo. <laughs> I didn't get to the church of prime time again. I was going to get to it. I didn't get to it, but I'll also get to, uh, like, again, my fraternity brother of mine said, call it the phrase that is interesting segment. With this phrase, this this episode, it's giving people the cold shoulder. We've heard of that. You want to ignore someone. You want to you wanna show disapproval. You give them the, show, the cold shoulder. Well, the origins of that word, from what my research gathered is that if someone's hosting a party and they wanted people to leave they start serving cold meat that meat was basically um you don't have to go home but you got to get up out of here hence giving people the cold shoulder all right folks we've done it another episode of that of the best advice ever podcast. Don't know how many times I said, so buddy tried to send me an invoice. I said, if I say, so I'm doing 25 cents, not $25, sir. But I thank y'all. If you have any questions, man, I would love to hear from you. Anything that, that resonated with you, shoot us an email at info at comedian, Mike Goodwin. Again, that's info at comedian, Mike Goodwin. If you have a phrase you want me to go, want me to review if you have some information you want to hear, my perspective in the mind of Mike, or you have a question that you want me to answer, please shoot it in. Thank you again. Please share this, this podcast, man. Let folks know I need to grow. I need to get to the people, to let them have a laugh on the way in to the job, to the gym, while you're doing your cardio. A little 30 minutes. This one's a little bit longer than 30 minutes. Not, not, not much. So thank you all so much for checking in. With me, and I'll see you next week. Same bat channel, same bat time. Every Wednesday, we drop in a new episode, and I would love for you to let the folks that you know know about me. Tell them to like, subscribe, share, all those things, man. Thank y'all again for riding with me. I'm your boy, Mike Goodwin, the Bowtie Comedian. I'll see you next week. Peace.